and welcome. This is Trials and Tribulations. I'm Phil Airy and I've got my two cohorts. Sarah Owen Hughes and me, Faith Douglas. So I'm here at um, the Deershed Festival, Deershed's Base Camp Festival, yep. um, and I'm with the lovely Matthew Wilson, um, one of the 50 best garden designers in the yeah, country. Yeah, although we don't know exactly where in that 50. It could be, I could be 49th. I could be 50th. That's still an achievement. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. pretty yeah. good. That's pretty good. So Matthew and I met a few years ago, didn't we? We did. I, I helped out on Matthew's uh, Chelsea Welcome to Yorkshire Garden. Um, which was a brilliant experience, one that I will never forget and one that I'm very grateful for. And we've been, uh, we're, we're both, we've both been attending the, the Deer Shed Festival and we did a little chat together on a, a, the acorn stage yesterday, which was really, really yeah, nice. And it was lovely. You, you come here every year, don't you? I've been coming here every year with my wife and our, our two kids who are now 12, um, they're twins. And we've been coming here since they were five I think so yeah this is the the uh, eighth year I think that we've been and um, we came here on recommendation of friends of ours we wanted to get our kids um, or give our kids a festival experience and I have to say if you're uh, um, you know I, I we both love music our kids are, have become really into music but the great thing about this festival is not just about music it's also there's so much other stuff that goes on in a normal year obviously this is a slightly different event this year um, but I think it's also a really good way of um, showing your children what a festival can be like because I think what can happen is kids tend to go to festivals in their late teens you know when they're adults or early 20s or whatever and just go nuts and do like loads of stuff that they shouldn't do and then spend the weekend sort of face down in a ditch when actually <laughs> you know there's so much more to it look at that oak tree isn't that fantastic that is gorgeous. that is gorgeous so we're walking around the this is would be the boundary to what would be parkland i suppose it's like a shelter yeah. belt, i suppose isn't it it's well yes yeah, so the, the it's an interesting site from a from a landscape perspective because the hall is now um, a girls' school, mm-hmm. but of course would have been a, a, a stately home. And the parkland has gone through various phases of, uh, in its history. Originally, there was a, a village called Newby that was here, and in the 1300s it was burnt to the ground by marauding Scots slash Northumbrians. I think in those days the, the, the border was quite... Uh, flexible uh, and uh, all that remains of the village is these incredible 800 plus year old oak trees they're amazing yeah they are amazing that would have been the boundary markers for the back lane of the village and where we are now is what would have been um, a sort of woodland walk originally it just would have been boundary trees that, and there's another fantastic old oak here but then during the Victorian era, it was planted with, so we've got this ve- lovely, very sort of smooth leafed holly mm. that we've just come upon. So it would have been planted with ornamental shrubs yeah. and topiaries. So we've walked past a few yews yeah. and box trees and there's a, there's a yew there, which presumably would have been clipped. Yeah. Um, and you would have had this yeah, ornamental woodland walk along, along the perimeter of the, uh, of the site. Yeah. So it's a yeah, it's a fascinating place, 
Uh, I'm not sure, I guess, you know, people are, you know, lured into the uh, fun and games of the festival and maybe they don't get to, to see this side of it, but it's just, it's so great. Fantastic Atlantic cedar there. Yeah, it is. I think, it, I think it's nice to, this is the first time I visited the festival and for one, it's amazing for kids. What a fantastic yeah. family loving environment to be yeah. part of which i just can't i'm staggered by it. it's wonderful i can't wait to bring my kids next year i'm definitely yeah. doing that um but i think it is kind of evident within the festival because there's this whole woodland area isn't it and yes tim the guy who owns the place yeah um is actually growing oaks he chatted with us on stage yes, yesterday right. didn't he and yeah. he, he has these little saplings for sale from which, those uh, ancient oak trees yeah fantastic yeah. which is so i think there is a you know the woodland area is fantastic you've got the woodland trust down there yeah. and woodland theater so i think there is a very sort of landscape-esque um feel to the the festival yeah, itself actually there is and uh oh, look, you see now this is this is cool lovely, lovely old box you see people were used to seeing bucks of sempervirens which yeah. this is the common box although it looks like it's got it's a bit got of variegation, variegation yeah. yeah i mean maybe it's reverted it's probably originally it would have been a golden one and, and golden or variegation and it's reverted yeah. back by the looks of that i mean box is slow growing isn't it incredibly this, slow so growing this will be so old and i've yeah. seen bigger ones up towards the, yeah. the belt up in that direction yeah. it's much you know huge box um and box was actually something we used medicinally um, a lot. Right. Buxus was a really common medicinal plant. Okay. However, it's very toxic, ah. and I think the percentages where you've got to get it spot on are so right. tight that actually I think there was more deaths than, <laughs> than, than they, needed, they yeah. needed. So actually, Buxus isn't something that herbalists medicinal, but really use. Deadly. Um, yeah. Yes, absolutely. But it's lovely to see a, a yeah. box tree like that yeah. because they are small trees in reality. Yeah. We're just—it's just that we're used to manipulating them and turning them into little diddly topiary shapes absolutely, absolutely i mean going back to your you know the, the i think one of the great positives of this particular festival yeah and something that we should be mindful of i think really mindful of in in the modern world is children do not have as much opportunity to be children now no. they have less opportunity probably than ever to be children yeah and one of the things that i absolutely loved when we came here with the kids the first time is they just went feral yeah. <laughs> they went feral for three days in a safe environment yeah. running around we didn't have to worry about them you know we kept an eye on them it wasn't yeah. like we sort of completely ignored them for three days <laughs> but you know they they and that's so rare that that happens for children today because partly because there's so many distractions in the modern world yeah but also because you, you know it's you can't you, we, we've never been able to protect children from everything, clearly. Yeah. But it's even more impossible now than ever before. Yeah. yeah. Look at that pine. That, oh, beautiful. That looks like radiata. I mean, I don't know what, I'm not good on my pines. Pine of radiata, by the looks of it. It looks like it, doesn't it? It's got very long, yeah, I mean, yeah. Long, fluffy you, you, of course, are good on your pines because <laughs> you're the curator of an arboretum, <laughs> yes. whereas I'm just some yeah. widdly waddly garden designer um, I, I think that looks like pinus radiata yeah okay we'll go with that I, I, might, I might be wrong, I might be wrong. somewhere oh. along here there's a neolithic stone oh that's exciting that's mm. exciting that's what was talked about yesterday wasn't it and, yeah um, whether we'll find it somewhere it is somewhere in this area okay so but it's right on the boundary wall a forage we might, yeah we might end up 
Okay. I'm not. I'm. I'm inadequately trousered. I'm wearing shorts. <laughs> you, on the other hand, have got very glamorous wellies. But we are attached with this, so yeah, I'll be dragging you in. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah we're tethered by by the by the uh, microphone cable. Um, I've noticed the freedom that children have um, at this festival, and and that you know they're they're free, they're wild, they're yeah empowered aren't they and yeah, the confidence they that these little people have is just yeah. unbelievable it's, it's great to see them in this environment i've been doing some barefoot things barefoot walks yeah um, the kids are all over it they've been walking yeah. through moss through sand through soil through pom-poms yeah um and it's just wonderful to see it's uh, i love the little carts yeah the carts I, are great the ca i can't get over the carts i know our kids people are too pulling big their for babies them, around yeah the first the first year <laughs> i have this lovely memory of the first year we came here and it was an incredibly beautiful, sunny, sort of Friday afternoon. And uh, we, we walked down to start watching the music and um, the kids started to get a bit sleepy. And so we put them in the carts uh, with little hoop kind of, you know, covers on them. Yeah. And uh, it was just blissful and they fell asleep in the carts and we pulled them back to the tents and we put them to bed. And it was just like, wow, this is perfect. Yeah. And, you know, okay, it's a festival, so it's not like, you know, we're out in wild nature. But I tell you what, it's, the kids have, uh, so a typical gardener, look, I'm so, just, yeah, just attacking the cleavers. While he's yeah, here. <laughs> <laughs> he's pulling the uh, cleavers off the, well, the I guess ivy. I just can't help myself. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's massively underrated, the um, power of just allowing yourself to, to let go in this kind of environment. I think we've gone past the stone, you okay, know. Okay, we might have to turn around and walk back. Yeah, because look, we're open. almost Perhaps. at the end. Oh, but yeah. Yeah. Okay, should we okay. uh, turn around then? Yeah, we'll turn um, around. So the festival's obviously much more watered down because of the restrictions. Um, yeah. You know, so how is it a different feel compared to what it is usually? What, what would we expect usually? It's just much bigger and yeah. more stages, more people. Yeah. Um, and more in the way of um, other stuff going on. So yeah. normally there's a big science tent, which is great fun. The kids can kind of wow. disassemble bits and stuff and put it together again. Um, there's normally a great uh, kind of interactive music tent where um, our kids have, have really enjoyed that because you kind of get to create your own musical tracks, you know, with synthesizers and drum machines and stuff. So I guess, that interactive side, of course, in these COVID times is a lot harder to, well, you just can't do it, can you? Yeah. Because you'd be disinfecting stuff every two seconds. Yeah, it just absolutely. wouldn't be practical. So, so that's the bit that's missing, I guess. Yeah. Um, so something I've noticed, um, you've probably noticed it in your line of work, in, and we noticed it at the Arboretum, um, during the pandemic, during this, this COVID thing, um, people in their gardens. I mean, how has that affected mm. you? Given, are you designing more gardens? Are you busy? Are you? What's yes. going on? What's been happening for you the past couple of years? Well, um, is that an aurelia? It's not Rus, is it? No. So I'm getting not. distracted by plants. Um, I think that might be aurelia, aurelia alata. I'm not sure. It's prickly. Yeah. It's prickly. Yeah, it is. Ow! Look, Ow! Look, on the. I think it is aurelia. I yeah. have. Uh, I will take your word for it. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, sorry everyone, okay, distracted by plants. This is what happens when you get two plants people on a walk somewhere. They get horribly distracted every five minutes. Um, yes, so going back to your question, uh, incredibly busy. And, you know, I think the whole industry has been busy. I think the challenge 
that everyone in the industry is facing at the moment is you know getting hold of stuff whether that's plants or contractors getting hold of materials or whatever it might be but in terms of design I would I would say that the things that I've noticed look at that the size of that plantain leaf yeah that's massive <laughs> that's huge that is massive that's, that's the biggest nature. plantain leaf in the, in the world um, I think there's a lot of interest from people in their gardens yeah. people wanting to make their gardens more usable um, appreciating that the outdoor space can really add something to their lives so you know you can if you if you make a garden easy to use then it becomes a real asset mm. and I, and you know that can be having somewhere oh we love you too that can be somewhere to sit outside yeah. and, and eat yeah. somewhere to grow a little bit of food it doesn't have to be a big you know uh, tricky to operate kitchen garden it can mm -hmm. just be a few raised beds few herbs somewhere in there that neolithic stone you know but it looks doesn't look very inviting does it no. it's pretty overgrown yeah. um so a lot of a lot more interest in that a lot of interest in i mean i'll be perfectly honest i've had a lot of people asking for hot tubs <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, uh, I think I think we've all realised that, and I, I include myself in this. Although I have worked from home for the last six years, so from a working perspective, yeah. I haven't seen any change, right. aside from uh, a lot less time spent on the road visiting clients. Yeah. So here, the, the positives that I felt are definitely that uh, less traveling time because I do a lot more online and, and, and clients are a lot more open to that. Mm. that. And that has a hugely beneficial impact on the environment. You know, I, one of the things I'm struggling, struggling with, I guess, slightly, is this urge to get people back to the office. You know, from my perspective, I just think, well, if actually only 50% of people went back to the office on a flexible basis. Wouldn't that benefit everybody? It, it reduces uh, the, the stress on the transport system. Yeah. It means that people are spending money locally instead of, instead of spending money in a city. Yeah. You know, it, it's just, it's all good, yeah. it, it seems to me. It's about lifestyle, actually. Yeah. And I think I know a lot of people have radically had a word with themselves and their lifestyles, actually. Yeah. I've noticed families spending more time outside, whether it be in the garden or Definitely. natural environments, going for walks, and actually spending time as families, whereas perhaps they worked a lot more and a bit more distant or disconnected from their yeah. families. So yeah. I think you have to see the positives of something like this. Yeah. Um, otherwise, it's tragic, really, isn't it? It's, yeah. Um, so do you, uh, have you got plans to go to Chelsea? Well, that's interesting. So when we did that garden together in 2016, mm. um, at the end of that, I I thought well because I'd done two back to back. I did one in twenty fifteen, one in yeah. twenty sixteen. And you got was, people's choice. I did get people's you choice, people's which is great. Which is the, it's fantastic. The, the daddy. That's the daddy. Yeah, and it was. But <laughs> in the in the background of all of that, when we were doing that garden, I was actually being made redundant from my job. I was running a business in London, right. um, and so that was going. So I'd get home from like making the garden, and it was like, you know emails to solicitors and stuff you know it's all quite yeah, you know and also my mum was dying my oh, mum was you. was in a hospice at the time so there was a load of stuff going on in the background mm. and I just felt completely exhausted when I came off that 
and then a couple of years later I thought well actually yeah, I could probably do another one and had a had a garden accepted it was with a small Yorkshire based uh, charity that were uh, involved and the garden was accepted and we were going to do that in uh, 2019 mm. and then due to ill health of um, the sort of principal person involved in the the charity that that didn't happen yeah so I am contemplating doing another one if I do another one though I want to do a, a garden for a, a charity that uh, would really benefit from the exposure of doing Chelsea yeah. you know that's one of the great things about Chelsea is of course that it has um, huge reach look at that I've just noticed that prop so there's wow. a tree we're looking at a tree that's sort of leaning over the the yeah. wall and it's been propped up. Isn't that lovely? Instead of being cut down, they've the actually care. built... The care yeah. that's gone into it. Somebody really cares about that. Somebody really they, cares like. about the tree. They've built a prop to keep the tree from damaging the wall and damaging itself yeah. rather and than cutting it do down. Do you know that came, back, that came out from Tim so well when he said, you know, that, um, when he said about some of the big park countries that have here, and he actually said during our talk, didn't he, you know, we don't just cut these big trees down. Yeah. You know, the care is just unbelievable. It's and and that's a great example of, of somebody who actually yeah. cares about the little things. That's good. Look, um, they're just a sequoia. Uh, they're uh, yeah. They're just hanging out with a sequoia. Patting a sequoia. Yeah. Uh, which again, we, t we we were talking about yesterday that yeah. they have this incredible fire retardant bark. Yeah. Which is very thick and fibrous. And then also trying to work out is it Wellingtonia or is it Sequoia Dijonicus? You worked out is it a Wellingtonia or is it a Sequoia? You think it's a coastal redwood? Oh, controversial. You think it's Sequoia Dendron Gigantium and you think it's Sequoia Sequoia Dendron. You think it? Yeah, you think? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, this this Faith is the curator of Thought Perro Arboretum, so she definitely knows her trees. Yeah. Out of the misery. <laughs> um, I would say Sequoia Dundrum. I would go Sequoia Yeah, Dundrum. Wellingtonio, I think. I, I would, oh. I would no, go. We're looking at the <laughs> <laughs> this, this is you. Yeah. Yeah, well done, well done. So we should point out now we've run into some Ask and Brian students. We're just doing a podcast <laughs> have, at the yeah, moment. Yeah, we're, we're just doing recording. A we just recorded, yeah. Yeah. No, no, not at all. You're not. We interrupted you. Yeah, we interrupted your heated tree debate. Yeah, so you're doing some tree climbing. Are you oh, doing yeah, all that? Yeah, yeah. yeah we're, we're working this morning, but we're off this afternoon. And Excellent. Yeah. You've been you with Jess and Simon? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah we have, yeah. yeah. yeah have you walked all the way along here? Uh, Not no, yet, we're, we're about to Wait, is it a good walk down there? So this was a woodland, was planted out as a woodland walk sometime oh, in the yeah. early Victorian era. Oh, yeah. So if you go down there, you'll see all these outgrown boxwoods and yews oh, and yeah. there's aurelias. There's all sorts of stuff down there. And somewhere in there, if you want to go off piece, there's a Neolithic marker stone. But we couldn't yeah. see it this time. Oh, there's uh, Pinus radiata, which you yeah, ID. Yeah, there's yeah, 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 lo yeah. loads of stuff down there. Really good. Oh, uh, yeah, have yeah. a little walk. It's uh, it's nice to see younger people. There oh, I say it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, interested in trees in particular because that's my yeah. bag. But in the plant world, in the natural world, because it's really important. Yeah. Isn't it? You'll be able to walk all the way. Yeah. So all you the can way go back round and end up back on the top of the road that you guys yeah. are working on. Yeah. Exactly. Definitely worth yeah. doing. Have you done some climbing then, or? 
No, we did a talk yesterday. I used to run Harlow Car in Harrogate. This is Matthew Wilson. And uh, and I do Gardener's Question Time and stuff like that. So, (laughs) (laughs) especially as I'm like hiding in the YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, So we were doing a talk yesterday on the importance of of plants and trees and stuff. In the acorn stage. In the acorn, yeah, in the acorn stage. You'd have been working, guys, I would imagine. They should have given you time off for that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Educational benefit. Have a word with Jess. Have a word with Jess for the next time. Yeah. All right, well, enjoy it anyway, guys. Lovely to meet you. Lovely to meet you. See you later. Take care. See ya. Isn't that nice? So nice. Yeah, I mean, it's great that funny isn't it you know, think about um, you know careers and careers mm. for kids and obviously you know you've got four kids, <laughs> many kids. you have many <laughs> you have many children I've got uh, twins mm. and you know they're beginning to think about what they might do yeah. with their lives yeah. it's, it's interesting because we were um, I've got my eldest daughter Freya with me. Freya is 21 in September yeah. and she's at uni studying geology right. at the moment. She's loving it. Um, and she was, uh, we were in the bar on Friday evening as you do. Nice. And we were sitting chatting to one of the tree guys actually about trees, very geeky as, as you do. And the guy just happened to be overhearing us as chat and Freya was just talking about what she was reading at uni. And he was like, I'm a geologist, can we have a chat? Oh, wow. And it was so surreal and bizarre. But do you know the advice this guy gave to Freya was just advice you couldn't pick up anywhere you know right. he was actually working in the industry she wants to go into so it was really which is what which, which area so does she want to go into uh, hydrogeology oh ah, right okay um so this guy is actually living this for a yeah. day this is his life and you know she's toying with you know do i do a doctorate do i yeah. just do my master's and he was like do the doctorate and i was like thank you yeah <laughs> you know so yeah it's just you know when you get chatting at places like this you, you do find you know, it's kind oh, of niche, isn't it? But yeah, it's great there's loads to see of expertise. That I, the, the, the young people coming forward and yeah. wanting to do these sort of land-based industries, I suppose. Yeah, isn't it? and it's I keep saying out. to yeah, and I keep saying to my kids that actually, you know, there was such for so long there was there's been such an emphasis on is that there's champs here that grass there. I would say so. Yeah, um, for so long there's been such an emphasis on. Um, university as being the sort of defining end point mm. and you must go to university even if you're doing something that you're not really interested in like business studies or something like that's not to denigrate business studies at yeah. all but and yet actually you know aiming towards something more vocational and and something more to do with uh you know where you where you actually make something that something there's an outcome do you know what i mean yeah. I, I just think we've we've uh, we forget about that yeah um, you know, I'm sorry. Plant world, it's life. It's yeah, about life. yeah, it is you about know, life. And this another big boxwood here. Absolutely. You know, yeah. you know, plants support us in so many ways, and people just don't realise the value to plants and to and the importance to the planet. And actually, that means our existence. So yes. it's it's so important that I think, you know, aside of a little biology lesson in high school that you might get about yeah. plants and life cycles, perhaps, you know. Uh, there's actually not a, a botany degree course in this country anymore. Is I there not? Really sad, yeah. You're joking. Yeah, you've got to go into Europe or it's wow. part of another degree. They'll I drop a little had bit no in, idea about yeah, that. Yeah, which I think is uh, sad. Look, is that a big stump? Yeah. Oh. 
It looks like a, is that ash? It looks like a, you've got some yeah. saplings coming up around it and stuff coming yeah. Have you got much ash dieback with you? Um, we have in the surrounding woodlands and we, we actually have the National Ash Collection. Oh, um, that's awkward. But it's only, <laughs> yeah, it could be. There's only two species of ash that are predominantly affected by ash dieback. Right. So actually we have, I think there's about 18 different species in our collection. There might be a few more. Um, that actually most of them aren't affected at all because they're resistant. So there's a lot of research right. being done into... So it's Fraxinus raywood resistant? Uh, that would be, it's angustifolia, isn't yes. it? Yes. So that's not resistant. So it's so angustifolia and, and excelsior, excelsior that, that are, are the ones right. that are susceptible, yeah. yeah. So that's a variation, it's a variety, isn't yeah. it, of angustifolia. Um, so there's, there's two, I think, perhaps three within our collection that I'm looking at going, hmm, ours are mature trees. Mm. Um, but we have sadly have had to take down some very large old ash within the arboretum because obviously we are open to the public. Yeah. And you've got kids running along underneath and they were showing some serious signs of dieback. So we took the decision because of their location to yeah. take them down. And do you know something, Matthew? I'm so glad we did that. Really? Because when they came down, they were, they were just brittle oh, on the inside. They? they were just brittle. Just riddled and um yeah they were just brittle and when the guys got their um their clamps around the wood the wood just disintegrated oh wow um, and when they came down the rot on the inside and the the, ah. the decay inside them which you couldn't really see on the outside was actually quite uh, shocking so we are addressing some of the others depending on their locations i mean obviously <laughs> And in an environment like this, it's got to be balanced, hasn't it? Because I don't think we should be going around taking down every single ash tree because we no, don't really know no. enough about it, do we? I mean, where we are in Rutland, there wouldn't there would be no treescape because ash is the dominant tree, yeah. which is a real worry. And we have we've got a, um, a fairly large garden and a paddock at the end of the garden, which has got sort of half a dozen mature ash trees in it. And we've just had uh, a very uh, he's, a, he's a very sort of thoughtful tree surgeon who's come in and done some work to just take the dead wood out take the stress out of the tree and and just you know there isn't as far as i can see there isn't any ash dieback in the trees mm. but i certainly see it around us and i see trees that are completely dead and ones that are sort of you know doing that classic thing of declining from the top dying back from the top and the the yeah. extension branches are dying back and it just makes me feel a bit weak at the knees because you know, I'm I'm not quite old enough to remember Dutch elm disease when it was really happening, but I certainly remember the aftermath of it because, you know, we'd go out in the car with my dad, and and he would be, you know, really upset about how landscape the landscape had changed because uh, the elms had gone. Yeah. Uh, wow, that's on a lean, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, um, but it's amazing how trees can support themselves. Yeah. So it's probably made. Um, adjustments <coughs> to its root system to, to support itself like yeah. that. Um, but yeah, our, our first main avenue within the Arboretum was actually elm trees and that right. was wiped out because of Dutch elm disease. Yeah. But we do still have a really mature uh, elm on the far side of the Arboretum that is it's untouched, it's absolutely fine. Yeah. But Dutch elm disease has made a bit of a comeback. So oh, it's it? still there um, and I've noticed some witch elms uh, that have succumbed to Dutch elm disease in the last couple of years. Um, so it is sweeping up and down the country, but it's just not, I suppose, the devastation's not as apparent because we don't have so many elm trees. No, that's right. And there are some areas of the country, I know that there's um, a lot of elm trees in Edinburgh that are completely untouched. There's something like 8,000 elm trees in, yeah. in Edinburgh. 
where the disease just has never got, gained a foothold and for whatever reason. I suppose maybe it's just like the sort of red squirrels at Formby Point, you know, the grey squirrels have never got there yeah. uh, and they can't get there because it's uh, effectively an island of pine trees yeah. surrounded by arable fields and maybe it's the same with Edinburgh, I don't know. Yeah. But perhaps, perhaps. Yeah. The other thing, of course, our friend the horse chestnut with oh, its poor old I know, leaf, leaf miner. miner yeah. um, I mean, this horse chestnut has actually, I think it was last year or the year before, it was actually on the red list, it was taken down to vulnerable, status right. vulnerable to extinction. Right. Um, there's something like, I think the research told that there's something like 9,000 mature chestnuts left in Europe. 9,000, that's it. Wow. That's shocking. Everybody knows what a conch tree is. Yeah. Everybody remembers conchers from their childhood. And that is devastating. So that's mature trees. Yeah. We see lots of young, but they're often quite diseased, quite sick looking. Conchers are small or, mm. or less, um, less produced. Um, and they're weaker trees generally, which is quite sad. But the biggest threat to you know, the conquer tree isn't the disease or the, the, the pests in what you've got here. Um, it's man, actually. Is it's, it? The, the biggest is um, building, right. um, whether it's for housing or whether it's for business purposing, it's actually removing the mature trees oh, right. for building, which is uh, quite sad. Mm. We've got control of that. We could do something about that. Yeah, we could. Um, so I encourage people to plant their conkers yeah. um, when they collect them at Thorpe because yeah. we've got the big old Chestnut Avenue and I encourage people to plant their conkers and bring yeah. them back and we'll stick plant them in Plant your conkers, plant your acorns, Absolutely. plant trees. Absolutely. Okay, so thank you very much, Matthew. Pleasure. It's been lovely speaking to you. Yeah, um, it's been good fun. Should we go back to the festival? Back to the festival. The music is playing. Something brass bandy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's it. Thanks for listening. That's been another edition of Trials and Tribulations. Now, if you liked it, please subscribe and follow. But until next time, keep it green.